0: In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen Today is the first Sunday of the blessed month of Hattor, And today the gospel is from uh, Luke chapter 6 and 8 Sorry, 8 And the, the since it's the first uh, Sunday Or the theme of this Coptic month of Hattor Is listening to the word of God in our life Listening to the word of God in our life Because this uh, season corresponds to the planting season in Egypt. And so all of the readings are about sowing or planting seed. And the gospel, yes, from Luke 8, and it's it's about the parable of the sower, the parable of the sower. And next week, the gospel will also be about the parable of the sower, but next week from Matthew chapter 13. In the parable of the sower, the Lord speaks about four types of ground speaks about four types of ground the wayside the rocky ground the thorns and the good ground and the good ground and i'm sure you're all aware that these grounds are symbols of the heart this ground is a symbol of the heart and the seed casting the seed represents the word of god and we said the theme of this month is listening to The word of God. At the end of the gospel today, it's written that the Lord cried out saying, he cried, he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear, let him hear. And in the book of Revelation, when the Lord, he was trying to correct the seven churches, at the end of each correction... He tells to the church of Philadelphia, to the church of Laodicea, to the church of all the churches, to the church of Chicago. He said all these things. And at the end, he said, he who has an ear, let him hear. So apparently it is possible to have ears and not to hear. It is possible to have eyes and not to see. It's It's possible to have a mouth but not to speak. It's possible to have a mind and not think. Paulus, yeah, it's possible. And we have a mind that's just full of carnal things and the mind never thinking about heavenly things or never thinking about what is beyond this world. Many people these days are only thinking about the present time. The gospel of today wants us to evaluate like our organs evaluate yourself see whether the word of god has penetrated your heart last week uh, you know we were very blessed we had a like a very special guest speaker with us his name was father evan he's from the greek orthodox church and one of the things that Father Evan was really emphasizing to us, like nonstop, he was saying there's four metrics of church health. How can you measure how healthy a church is? How can you measure how healthy a church is? And he said the first metric is are the people really dedicated to Jesus Christ? And we have a, a big trap in our church because we're ethnically like, Christian, and we, we have, like, culturally Christian, and we have... But those things will not survive here in this country, I promise you. They will not. The only way a church will survive here is if a church is dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, soon, all like, uh, the generations, whether you're Egyptian, Syria it doesn't matter. <laughs> you're all just... We're all going to be Americans, and we're going to forget what Egypt is like. And many people are thinking that they can raise their kids just Egyptian eating mashi and stuff, and that's what's important in life. No. What's important is that they become dedicated to the gospel, that they love the gospel, that they read the gospel, that they become dedicated disciples of the gospel. That was the first metric of church. Why are you here? Are you here just because your parents brought you here? Or do you really love the Lord Jesus Christ? The first metric of church health, many churches are dying now, especially the ethnic churches, are all dying because it's just ethnic, it's just culture, it's just whatever. It doesn't matter. The second metric of church health that he, Father Evan really like impressed upon us, he was saying you can see if a church is healthy, first people are dedicated to Christ, But then, does their dedication to Christ change them? Does their dedication to Christ change them? We all, like, heard these sermons, we've all, but does it change, like, does it change you? He was telling a beautiful story. He was saying that someone started, like, his church is all just full of Americans, converts to Orthodoxy. And he was saying that one person who joined his church. Started saying, like in, like over a month, the, Father Evan went to go visit this person. And Father Evan was telling us when he went to visit this person, this person said, since I started reading the Bible, I've changed. I've changed. And not only is that my perception of myself, the person said, everyone at my work has noticed a big change in my life. Can you imagine the people that, and this is like she joined the church one month, and one month of reading the Bible changed the way this person acted, and it was noticeable, and these people were different. This was the second metric of church health. I think if we were to evaluate ourselves, I think we have a lot of room for improvement. Has the gospel changed us? If people like, see you, do they see that anything is different about you because of your faith? We have to have, like parents, you're supposed to be dedicated to the Bible and teach your kids to be dedicated to the Bible and teach them how the Bible changes behavior. Your behavior should be different because of the Bible. Today we have to ask ourselves, what kind of ground am I? What kind of ground am I? Is the gospel impacting my life? Is the gospel impacting my life? Am I living differently because of the gospel? How is the gospel changing me? How is it changing me? Is the gospel affecting the decisions I make? Or it doesn't affect the decisions that I make? The gospel is just something, we come to church, we hear a little word, Abuna makes fun of us a little bit, and then we go back to our normal life. No. No. The gospel has to change us. It has to, and it affects the decision. It affects what I watch on television. It affects the way I interact with people. It affects every aspect of my life. The gospel affects my relationships. It affects who I like, who I hang out with, who. The gospel changes everything. Is the gospel affecting your life? Is it? The word of God, make no mistake about it, is hitting us. The sower is going and casting out seeds all over the place. So today we want to diagnose and say, which kind of ground am I? Which kind of ground am I? Let's start by the wayside. Am I the wayside? In the parable of the wayside, the wayside is the wayside. You know why the wayside is the wayside? Why is the wayside the wayside? No one knows? What makes the wayside the wayside it's a question asking a question you guys know people are walking on the wayside and so this ground has become trampled on and has become hard by many people compacting it and so now no longer is it like suitable it has no space to to take a seat it's been crushed and i think this is true about many people of that are in the wayside, maybe they've been crushed, maybe they've been walked upon, maybe they are dealing with so much pain that the word of God is not able to to penetrate, and they're in their pain, they've shut themselves off. You know, like when a weightlifter starts lifting weights, you know what happens to their hands? What happens to their hands? It becomes calloused. Why does it become calloused? Why why does the body become put calluses? Like, why? the The body becomes the fingers become calloused because when you put repetitive pressure on the same point, it starts to build up resistance and it it protects the body, and so it loses like it adds extra skin and it becomes difficult and it becomes like abrasive, and I feel many people, their hearts have become calloused and they think that this is protecting themselves that my heart is becoming calloused but actually i've i've lost sensation (laughs) i've lost sensation i've lost the ability to feel i don't care about anything i just become indifferent to everything this is the wayside the solution to the person who has become their heart has become calloused their heart has become hard you know what the solution is Instead of running away from the pain, what we just read in the Cynic are actually I was about to stop and be like, oh, I was going to say this. Actually, the solution is, did you see what St. Thomas did? He took his pain and he put it at the the cross. This is a place of pain, but this is a place that gives you comfort for your pain. Don't callous your heart. Take your pain to the cross. Embrace your cross and experience the joy. Experience the joy and comfort that the cross gives to to you. Some people become the wayside because of their pain. Another reason some people become the wayside is due to an unbelieving heart. An unbelieving heart. We live in a secular world We live in a secular world and we live in a secular society and atheism is so common. But now I think we have a new phenomenon in our church. And maybe I've talked to you about it before. It is called the Christian atheist. The Christian atheist. The Christian atheist loves to come to church and loves to do all this, has no belief in prayer or the power of prayer or in the spiritual life. No belief. No belief. And actually, if you think about it, the biggest, like, you know who suffered from this type of unbelief? It's not just like, in that, like people you think is like the low, the people who don't have any faith. They're the people that don't. Actually, even the disciples at one point, I would consider them in this category, in the wayside of their unbelief. You remember when the Lord said, Be, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod? Do you remember when the Lord said that to, to the disciples? What did the disciples think? What did the disciples think? Takrin? Huh? They said, it's because we didn't take bread with us. And then the Lord said to them, oh, why are your hearts so hard? Why are your hearts so hard? Did you not see? I just fed 5,000 people. And they had 12 baskets taken up. And then when I fed 4,000, how many baskets you take? Seven. And then he said, why are you, you reasoning? Like Why do you have so much unbelief? Don't worry about this bread. I think sometimes we're like the, these, the disciples. We forget the power of God. We forget the power of prayer. We forget the power and the grace that God is, with, like God is with us. And we just think Christianity is just a bunch of moral... We're just here to be good. I have a few sins. I need to repent and live a good life. No. Where's the power? Where's the power of change? Where's the power of transformation? Where's the power of the Holy Spirit in our life? Where? This is the wayside. Mafish, <laughs> there's none. Some people are on the wayside because... They love sin. They love sin. And when we love sin, this turns us to be the wayside. In our love for sin, actually, the Bible becomes repulsive. Actually, I've seen this so many times, that people, when they love sin so much, they hate the Bible. They don't want to hear it. The Bible's disgusting to them. And actually, if you read in the, in the Bible, it says, When he sowed, some fell by the wayside. What happened to the ones on the wayside? He started trampling on it. Trampling on it. And a lot of people, they trample on the word of God. They trample on it. And you know, like these days, many people hate the Bible because what it says about homosexuality. And so now the whole Bible is repulsive. This then becomes then the wayside. This becomes the wayside. Many people think the word of God limits their freedom. And so I don't want to have anything to do with the word of God that's limiting my... I just want to live free and do what I want to do. But this is slavery by the evil one. This is slavery by the evil one. The wayside has no interest in... in spiritual matters there's a beautiful story by saint john cassian which i think is very fitting for a sermon like this is that he says once i was talking to the brethren on a helpful topic i was talking to the brethren on a helpful on a helpful topic and they were they were overcome by sleep so deep that they could not even move their eyelids any longer oh wake up everybody then wishing to show them the power of the devil wishing to show them the power of the devil, I introduced a trivial subject of conversation. And immediately what happened? Huh? They woke up. They woke up, full of joy, so happy. Then I said to them with many sighs, until now we were discussing heavenly things, and your eyes were heavy with sleep. But when I embarked on useless discourse... When we start talking about sports and we talk about this and we talk about what's this person wearing and how's this person look and who's good looking and who's not good looking, Ooh, suddenly we're so entertained and suddenly we want to, to, to talk and we have no the sleep and we stay up and ishar we, and we have fun. That's fun. But when you talk about the Word of God, actually, a trick that I do is when we go to the, the conventions and I want to put the kids to sleep, you know what I do? Just read the Bible. We'll put everybody to sleep in five minutes, I promise you. It's a, a, a magic. It's, it's a, an unbelievable how it works. You just set the kids in a circle, read the Bible, everyone will be asleep in two minutes. It's amazing. Amazing. You don't need melatonin, you don't need anything. Put to the Bible. And put it to sleep. This is the work of the devil that wants to take away any, any spiritual, remember, any time the Word of God wants to, he wants to take it out the wayside let's talk about the rocky ground the rocky ground are the ones on the rock who when they hear they receive the word with joy but they have no root they believe for a while and then temptation comes and takes it away the rocky ground to me is is a lack of commitment a lack of commitment The need of the wayside was softer ground. The wayside needs softer ground. The the rocky ground needs deeper roots. We need to get those roots to go down deeper, to dig deeper. And I love like the season of, we're coming up on the season of Kiak, and I love Kiak. It's great. And everyone is so excited for the midnight praise and the vigils, and that's amazing. I love it. I really do. I I really do. And it's a great spiritual revival. Like many people, like I sit in the office, I take eight hours worth of confession every week. I love it. Hida, that's beautiful, amazing. But one thing that's confusing to me is why is this only one month a year? You know, we have Tazbahad, like we have Midnight Praise every week of the, and you know it's the same thing. (laughs) It's the exact same thing every week. Like it doesn't change. It's just in Kiyak there's like extra things. So now everyone's really excited to say long hymns. And do you want to say long hymns? Like, we can do long hymns every week. I would love if we did long hymns and we did every week. But I'm just wondering why it's just like one month of the year and everybody's so excited for it. That's great. I'm glad, God bless that everyone's excited. And this is amazing. But I'm, I'm wondering why, why this is only one month of the year. Why? It's because this is like Sorry asked to, to say it like forgive me it's like kind of the rocky ground it 's characterized by shallow roots, the emotional, the high yeah, we're going to stay up we're going to have fun ah, let's go and it 's just uplifting and no we're not like we shouldn't be like this, like the rocky ground they receive the word of joy so happy and they're so great, but then it just has no root, it has no root the the rocky ground is. Like, like, I feel like a, a roller coaster, a spiritual roller coaster. And a lot of people, they come in the siam and like in the fasting time, and they want to go like, whoo, on the roller coaster. Come on. Like, we, have, we live, a, live in a life, like, you, this is not the way to live life. Like on spiritual roller coasters, high and low like this. Not the way to live life. The spiritual life is consistent. You can live like this consistent. Have depth, have roots, have like meaning. It can be the whole year. I think uh, one thing about this is like New Year's. A lot of people, they put off their resolutions to New Year's and think, oh, when the New Year comes, I'm going to live different. I have an idea for you. Why not start right now? Why are you waiting till... New Year's to change your life. Why? I have a great idea. Like, if you're waiting till New Year's to change your life, you're probably not going to succeed. You're probably just the rocky ground. You're going to get excited by the new year, a new commitment, a new resolution, and then the new year's going to come, and then you're going to remember, I just lived like this the last three months, and I didn't do anything. So your change has to start now. Your change has to start now today in the book of hebrews says if you hear the word of god today you will not harden your heart in rebellion you will listen today has to be the day of change the last type of ground is the thorny ground the thorny ground has good is, is good it's amazing it's amazing it has the ability to to give fruit but the problem is there's a bunch of thorns there and so the ground is split and the, ground, the thorns come and they choke the good. They choke the good. And I feel many of us, we are not changing. We are not growing in our spiritual life. Why? Because we have too many thorns in our ground. We have too many thorns. In our, it's the cares of the world, the riches, the pleasures of life. And then at the end of the day, which is better? The thorny ground, the rocky ground, the wayside, at the end of the day, all of them, they're all fruitless. They all, it doesn't make a difference. Even though this ground is so good, it's so wonderful, and I feel like many in the church, we are this ground, like... Uh, We have good ground, too. We have many and giving. But many of us, we we, we are so good, and we we have good hearts, but we just have so many thorns in our field. And that's why St. James, in his epistle, he says, can, like, a fig tree, like, have thorns? No. Like, a a fig tree has to bear figs, yeah? And a thorn has to bear thorn. So we need to take away the thorns in our life. The last thing I'll leave you with is every week we hear sermons. Every week we hear sermons. The idea today is will the word of God change your life? What type of ground are you going to be? What type of ground are you going to be? Are you going to be the wayside and just reject the word of God? Do you have rocks in your and you're plagued by lack of commitment? Maybe you make a lot of commitments, you break. No, persevere. Make commitments and change. And I have more to say on this, but that's the good thing is we have this gospel next week, so we'll continue next week. And glory be to God forever. Amen.